Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. But hey, we are in a series. We, last week, we started a collection of talks we are calling Great Relationships. And the reason why we titled this is because you can say it two ways. You can say it this way, great relationships, right? It can be a burdensome thing, or it can be like, okay, great relationships, right? It can be something that it's like, oh man, relationships. Or I believe what God has for us is for us to live life in a way and have relationships that um, we would actually, that they would uh, flourish. And I believe that Jesus, he says in his word, I don't just believe, I know that he says that in his word, that he has come to give us life and life to the full. Um, And one translation says a rich and satisfying life. I think there's a richness that comes uh, in life when you have great relationships, when you do life with people. Like you are, what, what are relationships? Of course, there's romantic relationships. There are friendships. Um, there are, it's how you relate to those around you, right? So last week we talked about, okay, there's two ways to live. You can live a me-centric life, right? Where I am the center. I am the one like, come on me. Or you can go the ways of Jesus and be serving to look for ways that how can I help others and that there's a richness um, that comes from that and that the generous person, they will be, uh, their world gets larger and larger. So that's what we talked about last week. And we're going to continue this week and we're going to dive into actually the same portion of scripture that we dived into last week. But I want to look at a little bit of a different uh, aspect of that scripture Um, So last week, we talked about Mark 10, uh, 42. Uh, So some background, um, James and John have a great plan. They're like, okay, we're going to get in on ground floor. We're going to talk to Jesus before his kingdom comes, and we're going to say, hey, can we sit at your right? Can we sit at your left? Let's get some position, right? They want to go there. Jesus says, hey, you don't know what you ask for. Um, Later on, the disciples, the rest, the other 10, James and John are outnumbered, um, find out say, you came to Jesus, you talked to him before, and they are not thrilled. That's, as Canadians, we say they are not thrilled, but they were probably very mad, right? They had an angry face. But um, that's how they talk with Levi. How's your emotions? Angry face. But we're going to look at John, uh, Mark 10, and we're going to see, um, my son's four, that's why I talked to him that way. <laughs> He's not 14. Maybe I should still. How you doing? Angry face? Um, but we're going to look at uh, Mark 10, 42. So uh, as we put it up on the screen, so Jesus called them together. So after the disciples are like, come on, are you serious? He calls them all together. Okay, family meeting. Um, so Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. So Jesus is saying, but among you, it will be different than those people. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be a leader must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. Uh, Then it says, for the Son of Man, Jesus, came not to be served, 
uh, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus, the greatest of all, the Jesus, God in flesh, he didn't come to be served like, okay, come to me. He didn't come, actually, he did say that, come to me. But he wasn't like, help me, right? Okay, we're good, we're th theology there. But, um, but what, what did he do? He came to serve to give his life as a ransom for many, to die, take your place, my place, die on the cross, rise from the dead, and victorious, so that now we can live in victory with Jesus, right? So he came to serve. Today still, the scripture says he is at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. So today, this very moment, Jesus is praying for you. He is still serving you. Today, we can pray in the name of Jesus. It's amazing. But in verse 43, here's, uh, again, it says, to be a leader, you need to serve. To be, it's different. You need to be, do something different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. They must serve. Now, everyone is a leader. Every single person in some capacity is a leader. You don't need a title. You don't need a position to be a leader, right? You actually, you are a leader, right? You don't, uh, leadership is what? Is, it's influence. It's influence. You are a leader. You're a leader maybe to your family and your kids, to your friends. Um, maybe a position at work has put you in a leadership, or you're just a leader in, with your colleagues. Marketplace maybe, maybe in creative space, maybe in church, or as well, if you're like, I don't tick any of those boxes, you are a leader to yourself, right? <laughs> you need to lead yourself, there's some boxes there that you should tick. You are in there. But everyone here online, you are a leader, right? Um, and people watch. It's amazing how you find that people watch and get stuff from your life, and you're like, I didn't even know you were watching. That's one thing about kids that's like, oh my gosh, you were watching that? Right? Like Levi, he'll be like uh, doing something, and I'll say, where did you learn that? And he'll name drop people. Good things, good things, but he'll name drop of where he learned it. Why? It's not like I'm leading you, Levi, but he just watches and sees. There are people that just watch your life and they, you influence and they, uh, you influence their life. And actually, as Christians, we are called to lead. What are we called to do? We're actually called to lead people to Jesus, for our lives to be leading people, to be a signpost to Jesus, right? Um, like Paul said, how he said, um, follow me as I follow Christ, right? Our lives should actually lead people to Jesus. And now if you're like, ah, Josiah, like I don't really accept that or like I'm not really like a leader, like one, that's maybe a little false humility. Um, two, though, it's also this. I think it's actually shunning your responsibility as a Christian, that you as a Christian are actually called and commissioned to be a leader. Now, but to be the kind of leader that we are called to be, to be the kind of leader that, that, that we have, are called to be as Christians, Jesus says this, it says, he says, you need to be different. You need to be different. In order to be a leader, which we all are, but to be the type of leader that God has for us, you and I need to serve, to be a servant leader. So, because everybody here online in this room is a leader. So I want to talk to you today, all that for my title here, is I want to talk to you today about this, is do you want a platform or do you want to be a platform? That's the title, is do you want a platform or do you want to be a platform? 
Because see, we are all leaders. Whether you recognize it today or not, you are a leader. But do you want a platform or do you want to be a platform? There was a, a poll done um, a between, of like 12 to, I think it was like 22-year-olds or something like that. And, they, and it was like, what do you want to be? Like, what career do you want? And, you know, like old school classics that I would have said, like hockey player, um, you know, maybe fireman, doctor. Yeah, they weren't up there at the top. The, one of the top ones was this, is to be a influencer, right? Like be an influencer, right? Like a YouTuber, a TikTok uh, star, maybe a gamer, um, maybe like, I don't know, are people on the gram still? I am, but... <laughs> There's other people like, find us on the ground. What's the gram? Um, but, because um, they've moved on. It's all right. Just showing uh, ages here. But, um, but they're, they're, the goal, right, is because they want to be an influencer. They want everything to, uh, really, they want to build a career, a life on that. And I think that's, that's cool to, to be that. Um, but really, it's having a platform built on other people all looking to you, Right? Like every, you're earning a living by like people looking to you. Um, and, uh, and I think, now you could be like shallow Gen Zs. If you thought shallow millennials, the millennials are now like, I don't know, have like four kids now. You got to move on. Now we got to blame the Gen Zs, shallow Gen Zs. Um, but, but we could think that, or I think actually at times that it can be easy for us to fall in that sort of mindset of living and using our influence, our giftings, who we are to build a platform for me, to make me look good, like to put eyes on me, to, to up my importance, my advancement, maybe even lord over people. Or maybe uh, some don't actually fall into this, but actually choose this, like it is me first. Like I am first, right? Like maybe it looks like this, conversations are a platform to make it about me. Have you ever had that where it's like you're talking with someone and it always goes back to them? It's like it's talking with someone and it's all about me, myself, my importance. And you say, oh, I did this one thing. And somehow they did it too. And then their story was way better than your story. Um, or maybe it's like, okay, you have kids and that's my platform to like exert my like authority and like lord over them. Or maybe my role in the company or ministry is like, okay, my platform to make me like look good, right? This is how I can like advance. See how good I am. Good, like, okay, the team, yeah, the team lost, but uh, it was me, I won, right? Or um, maybe it's like how you interact with uh, people uh, in sales or retail, right? Uh, and you, so maybe someone is a jerk, right? Because they're, they're like, this is my opportunity because I'm the customer and the customer is always right, right? So it's their platform to be all important. Um, and I think platforms in this way, um, when it's about me, are built on other people, built on and over and putting down uh, other people. And Jesus says this, he says, it needs to be different. There's a different way of doing it. Again, Mark 10, uh, 43 says this, Mark 10, 43, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, must be a servant. The way of Jesus is not to use our influence, our skills, to build a platform for ourselves, to be how good am I, but rather to be a servant leader, 
to be a servant leader, to actually be a platform. And what do I mean by that? Is to use your godly influence, use your skills, use your giftings as a platform to lift up those around you, to lift up those around you, to help them succeed, to help encourage them. Not, uh, not using others for your importance, but actually I think it's looking into those around you and looking for what are their giftings? What are they good at? What is their potential? Uh, what, who are they in Christ? Looking for them and seeing how you can encourage and raise them up, right? I, because we are all leaders. So I think that is something that we all get to do. I like in, in the message, 1 Corinthians, um, it's the love chapter, the love chapter. Um, and in 1 Corinthians, in the message, uh, one verse says, love always looks for the best. I think that's the love of God always looks for the best in people, looks for the best in those around. And being a platform to build and equip so that other people, that you can actually help raise people's levels, that you can help people succeed, that you can help people move to what God has for them and who they are in Christ. And I think there's three practical, very practical ways we can do this, uh, is to equip, uh, empower, and encourage. To equip, empower, and encourage. First uh, Thessalonians 5.11 uh, says this. First Thessalonians 5.11. It should be on the screen here. If not, I'm turning here. Great. Well, First Thessalonians 5.11, it talks about how we need to encourage and to build one another up. That we need to continue to encourage and build one another up. Uh, in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, it, it talks about how don't forsake the assembling together, right? Don't forsake the assembling, but what when you're assembled together to encourage and build one another up. When you're together to encourage and build one another up. Encourage, what is that really? I think it's to speak courage into them. To speak courage into them. To call out the giftings, the potential, who they are in Christ, to call out who they are, not calling them out, but calling out who they are, what the giftings God has done, and encourage them into that upward call that God has for them, right? Because there's enough things in life that will discourage you, come against you, but I think that we are actually called to speak life into people. And maybe, maybe that person around you, they don't see it, Right? Have you ever been like that? Someone says something to you and like, you sure? I don't see it. Um, and, and, and by calling it out, encouraging, I think it, it helps them take a step. I think of in the Bible, there's a story of Gideon. And Gideon, um, he's, he's at a time where the Israelites have been being raided and attacked for like seven years. Uh, that's not good. Seven years by the Midianites. And so there was a particular raid, and this guy named Gideon was, he sees the raid, and so he decides he's hanging out in the wine press. So he's, he decides he's going to hide from the Midianites, the attacking, uh, raiding army, in this wooden box and stay away from them, like down low, like don't get, don't get spotted. And the angel of the Lord comes to him, and in Judges 6.12, uh, Judges 6.12, it says this, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, this is absolutely opposite of what he's doing. 
It's completely opposite. Like there is no mighty man of valor hiding in a wine press, right? He is actually, it could be true of like calling his actions out as this. You man of coward, like you are a little scared here, Gideon. But instead, what does God do? The angel of the Lord, he calls him out and says, um, mighty man of valor. He speaks uh, into his life, his destiny. He calls him out. And now if you read it uh, later on, God uses Gideon to bring freedom. And Gideon, actually then eventually, he leads an army uh, and he fights and, and he wins. But I think we are to call out courage in people's lives, call out people's destinies in their life, call out people's giftings in people's lives to encourage them. Maybe at your company, hey, you're, you're a great problem solver. I really enjoy working with you. Um, or like a friend, say, hey, listen, you've got this. You've got this. Uh, God has got you. And maybe you bring a, a scripture because really your word is good. Scripture is way better, uh, has some weight. Hey, you've got this because God has got you and with scripture. Or maybe like, maybe you see your kid and it's like, wow, they are like so like strong willed and like sort of like, oh my goodness, too much. And then instead you can call it out in them like, man, you are strong conviction. Yeah you are going to be a strong leader. And that, that's part of how God has made them. I think we can use our relationships, our influence to encourage and speak life. Proverbs 18, 21 says this. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. So there is life and there is death in the words you say for you and I think also for those around you. And what you say, you will actually eat the fruit of it. It creates around you. So I think we let's speak life, speak courage into our kids, into our, our spouse, into our friends, our colleagues, just those around us that we interact. And what is speaking life? I think it is, it is saying what God has said about them. Yeah, right? Saying what God has said about them. So speaking courage, speaking life, what God has said about them. The second thing I think is to empower. Uh, God really, he empowers us. In Deuteronomy 8.18, um, it says this. It says, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power to, uh, to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. He gives you the power. He empowers you to be successful. All throughout scripture, not by might, not by his, my might, not by my strength, but by his spirit. He's empowering you. He's giving you power. He gives you power to prosper. God empowers us to succeed, overcome. Now, if we're followers of Jesus, which we are, maybe today is your day and you're gonna say, yeah, Jesus, I'd highly encourage you. I think that's the best way. Um, is this, is, is as followers of Jesus, we say we follow Jesus. That's what makes us disciples. So if Jesus, if God is a encourager, we should encourage. If God is empowers, we should empower those around us and have an empowering culture in our church, in our home, in our business, uh, it, it, wherever we are. You can actually change the atmosphere where you are, right? You don't have to just settle for it of like, okay, this is how it is. I think you can actually be a light in darkness. You can change where you are. So as we follow Jesus, I think we are called to empower those around. Maybe help serve those, uh, serve and help people around you to, for them to move forward into what God has called them to be. 
right? Um, I think to be supportive and not overly critical, right? Uh, I, I, I think um, obviously there needs to be reason and Nat has to talk me down from buildings, absolutely. Um, not, not literal, I don't think anymore. I don't do high-rise rope access stuff anymore. But, um, but like, instead of being overly critical, let's, let's celebrate each other. Let's encourage each other. Um, and, and use the opportunities to, uh, give opportunities to use their giftings, their talents, their skills. I, I think, like, that's one of the reasons why we do teams uh, at our church is so that people can be empowered to use their God-given gifts. Because every single person has a God-given gift. Every member, scripturally, is to supply, to use their gifting. So we give opportunities for teams, and that's how you grow spiritually. That's how you grow in the Lord. Um, I, think, uh, for sp- I think for my business, like when I started my business, Natalie was so supportive of me, not just encouraged, but supportive of me, so that I was able to start my business. Right, without Natalie, um, like you know, take, taking some of the load, without Natalie in really doing some things that would empower me to be able to do it, I don't think I would have stepped out. So, I think what would happen if we empower those around us, those closest to us? Um, I think, as well, part of that is say, if you have a team, maybe you run a ministry team, maybe you got a team at work, um, maybe you're just house is a team. Um, team. Or maybe it's like, I'm team number one. I got one person in my team. Cool. I'll join your team. Um, but I think as a team, it's like celebrating as a team and give credit where credit's due, right? Like give credit where credit's due. It's an empowering culture. Um, I think empowering to be who God has called them to be. I think the opposite of empowering is we look at Saul and David, right? David, um, uh, was given Saul's armor. And Saul, he had good intentions, like, okay, you need this to kill that, right? And he gave him his armor, his sword, but David, it wasn't him, right? And that was the opposite. That weight was actually holding him back from who he was, what God had created him to be. So instead, let's be uh, empowering for people to be and operate in the giftings that God has called them to be. I think third thing is to equip and Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, it says this. Um, now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip the, uh, God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Um, now, so obviously you see there, there's some of my responsibility as a pastor to equip. And what is equip? It means really, to give skills, to give skills. Equipping is to give skills. And, you know, all of us are actually, you don't need just a pastor title. Really, you don't. You don't need to, we are all called to pastor someone, disciple someone. Maybe it's in our home. Maybe it's in our workplace. And so uh, we are called to equip or to give skills. Um, so as a leader, to, to use your influence to help develop skills. Maybe you share your wisdom. I, I love um, fly fishing. I, I really have gotten into it. I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, um, and it's good. I'll sh- and we have a picture. I'm kidding. I don't know, but that would be very true. And a little, you hold the fish really far away from you, and like, so it looks bigger, but it's all good. Um, 
But uh, in, with fly fishing, I've like just got into it like four years ago or so. But when you're getting into it, some people hold their knowledge like tight-handed, right? Like they're not telling you anything. Like, I'm not telling you how to do, well, they tell you how to cast, but not where to cast. Um, or like they, they have their special spots. Why? Because they're afraid that they're going to give everything away. Sure, fair enough. Like overfishing, all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. But someone told them where it was. Someone helped them. And I think, now I found some amazing people, which is how I've gotten better. Thank you. I'm not going to call anybody out. But anyways, uh, but I've been able to fish. Why? Because people have showed me, they've taught me, they've helped me along. I think in life, instead of being so close-fisted or having a scarcity mentality or like, okay, um, I got to keep my secret sauce for me. Um, instead, I think we should live open-handed help people, okay, what has helped us get to where we are in our relationships, with our family, maybe with our business, um, with our fishing, um, but, and, and just, just though share um, and be very open about it, open-handed, having an abundant mentality. Uh, so maybe you have stuff that will help those around you um, and teach them, but maybe you don't. Maybe it's like they don't need something right from you, so maybe you can um, help equip them by Maybe giving them time. Maybe watching their, their kids while they work on their business, right? Or maybe it's get, they're going through something, and so you give them a scripture that speaks to their situation, right? And, and equipping them, right? Because we don't battle against flesh and blood, right? Uh, we battle against principalities, powers. Um, so give them a scripture. Equip them that way. But I think we get to encourage, empower, and equip and what is that doing? That is lifting people up. I think that's using your life as a platform that people can then be lifted up. See, we're called to live our life our le- and use our leadership as a platform to, I think, raise other people up. And in order to be a good platform, you need good foundation, right? You need good foundation. Like, um, and so what, if you want to be a platform, which we all should be, raising people up around us, I think we need to found our life on the word and Jesus, right? You see skyscrapers, if you go downtown, as the, deep, the skyscrapers being built, the really big ones, the deeper the foundation goes, right? If you want to help raise people up, encourage them more, the deeper your relationship with Jesus goes, the deeper your, your relationship with, his, with him is, the more you can, I believe, lift people up, encourage, because it's really, it's not you. It's you pointing to Jesus with your actions, with your word, with your life, because really on my own, on your own, sure, we could make them feel good for a little bit, but it's really Jesus. It's really Jesus. And it is out of our relationship that we can encourage and speak life, speak the words that God has said about them, to empower, to equip, because um, there's only one secure foundation, and that's, that's Jesus. Um, and out of our relationship, then we can, we've freely received, we can freely give, building up others, raising up others, living life as, as a platform, uh, ra- raising others up, I think is actually loving people well. It's loving people well, um, and loving people with the love of God in action. Uh, that's servant leadership. In John um, 13, 34, it says this. John 13, 34, it says, So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. So this is Jesus saying, 
love each other as I've loved you. You love one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Loving one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. I think as we love well, as we serve those around us, as we encourage those around us, that the world would see Jesus in that. That the world would see Jesus in that. Now, what is, what is at stake? Like, if you, if you don't live this way, what is, what is at stake? Like, if you do like, uh, like, let's make it about me. What, what is at stake? I think if we choose to live a life where everything points to us, it's our platform, it's me ahead instead of being a platform, I think what's at stake is actually, I think it's um, future generations. And I was, I was thinking on this as I heard a pastor uh, this past week, I was, I, was, uh, I was at a pastor's meeting thing, um, add the thing on there. Um, and, uh, and he said this, as he said, don't waste a generation and lose the next. And I thought that is so good of like, don't waste now to lose the next, to actually seize um, seize the day, the opportunity, so that then we can set up the future generations yeah. in faith, in life, yeah. in like, so that instead, I think living a life of being a platform or raising others up, it, uh, encouraging, empowering, equipping is actually a long-term perspective. On, it's a long-term perspective. Living in a way that it's like, this is what my desire, my hope is, is that my like metaphorical roof would be my kid's floor, yeah, that's where they can stand on where, as far as I've gone, that's their starting place. Right. In terms of uh, their, their, where they are with, with Christ, in life, in, in just in everything. That's I want to work some stuff out so that they can then don't have to, and they can stand on my, on my ceiling for their floor. And I think that's the opportunity for not just our kids, not just, but those all around us that we can allow others to then actually stand on our shoulders and, and go forward into what God has for them. I think living a life of, of where you encourage, you lift up others, I think is a, a life well-lived, a life well-loved as Jesus. And as you do this, I believe that God will actually then lift you up. He will exalt you. First uh, Peter 5, 6, uh, it, it it says this, it says, therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. I think by humbling ourselves, living a life as, as what God has instructed us to live, that he will actually then exalt you or promote you or bring you up as you do through life, as you serve others around you. Can I encourage you with this today? Is that you are a leader. You are a leader. And to use your influence, your giftings, who you are and what you have to encourage, empower, and equip those people around you. And as you do, I believe that that's living life well, loving people well, and that people will see Jesus through your actions through you doing life, living life, and giving, really, giving life. It's amazing that Jesus, the Jesus, God in flesh, he says, I came not to be served, but to serve. And what an opportunity do you and I have daily 
to not be looking, okay, what can I get? How can I get build up? But instead, how can I be like Jesus? How can I serve? How can I lift other people up? How can I point them to Jesus? He didn't come to be served, but to serve. And I think a life well lived is, I'm not going to be served. I'm going to serve and serve well. In whatever capacity, whatever my influence is, because we all have it, whatever my giftings are, because we all do, God has given us, I'm going to use those purposely to encourage, equip, and empower in Jesus' name. Can we pray? Father, we just thank you so much that you love us so much that you gave your best yourself, Jesus, so that we now can be in a relationship with you, do life with you, and that in doing life with you, then you can use us and work through us to encourage, empower, and equip those people around us. So Father, I thank you for just even, Holy Spirit, you, God, you say that Holy Spirit will give us words to say in the moment. So God, I just ask for words to say in the moment that would encourage people, build people up in our life, our families, our friends, our workplaces. So Father, we thank you for that. And we thank you, God, that as we do, that you take care of us. That as we seek first your kingdom, your way of doing things, all these other things are added to us. So Father, we thank you for that. Father, right now as well, I just pray for just your peace in hearts. Where there's turbulence, where there's storm, Father, I pray for peace for hearts right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message.